Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 46 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How you guys doing? Another Wednesday. Actually, I've been recording this uh, throughout Tuesday. Um, I will, <clears throat> again, apologize. Um, if anybody's listened to the last couple episodes, I've been battling... Um, chest cold and everything else for the last like week and a half so um pretty well i think i got it got a beat now but yeah i had uh, some throat issues and lost my voice and now it's you know not too bad but kind of had these coughing fits here and there so I'll, I'll i've been trying to kind of break up my the amount of talking i do but um because as anybody knows that listens to the show with any regularity, how uh, I tend to ramble. Um, so, um, actually, I had a player lined up to do an interview last week. So, um, I kind of assumed that come this Wednesday that was going to be the episode. But of course, I lost my voice and got sick. So, um, that was scrapped. So, you're basically stuck with me talking about. Well, I've got to talk about a bunch of different things here as I look at my notes. Of course, today is NHL. Well, you're listening to this on Wednesday, but I'm recording it on Tuesday, like I said. So today is obviously the NHL draft. And um, I laughed right before I walked in. I kind of was flipping the channels right when we were kind of putting the dishes away. And Yeah, I see the Leafs once again draft a cupcake in the first round. So even Brian Burke was just like, ugh, you know. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure his analytics are awesome. No, I'm sure he's a great player and stuff, but it's more more of the same and looks like in Leafland, but we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, who knows with the draft, right? But, um, no, I think uh, with this, I, w- I was kind of talking to Alec today, and I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And um, he's like, well, talk about the drafts today, talk about the draft. So um, I thought it'd be kind of interesting, actually, and it was a great idea. I appreciate Alec for coming up with that one, that... Uh, um, you know, kind of go back and, and look at uh, older drafts and, and uh, you know, like 1983 and, and you know, and I've, I've been putting pictures up on Twitter here the last couple, little while. Um, just, you know, of course, the famous Link Gates draft picture when he shows up at the draft with two black eyes because he got into a bar fight the night before. Uh, I think that's the definition of foreshadowing, is it not? But, um, Sorry, uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, you know, and I think we'll do that as well as um, have a few a few follow ups from the from the last couple episodes and a couple things I wanted to bring up from Twitter. But uh, no, other than that, guys, um, you know, before we get rolling, actually, I just saw on Twitter uh, Terry Ryan, who is a 
proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, Tales with TR, I mean, everybody knows Terry Ryan, um, just released the second book, it came out today. And uh, so if you're on social media, check him out. I know he said the email address is terryryan2020 at gmail. Um, if you want to get a hold of him there, you can get it from him personally, autographed. And uh, I believe it's $35. Um, and he'll mail it wherever you are. And, um, yeah, like I said, I think, you know, let's, I think we could help Terry out with his, uh, with his literary effort. And, uh, and if anybody hasn't read his first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, it is awesome. One of the best hockey books I've read. Um, great, great. Terry's a great storyteller, funny guy, has some really funny stories in there. And it's quite the journey that he's taken. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the second book. I know it's been a, um, you know, labor of love. I know he's been doing it for a while and I, he was actually nice enough, uh, last summer to, uh, share a couple of pages with me, but where he was going and, uh, with it and talking about some of the fights and, and he breaks down some of the fights and some of his opponents. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really looking, really, really looking forward to, uh, reading this book. So, um, everybody, I would highly recommend let's help Terry out and, uh, and get the book. But, uh, no, other than that, speaking of the Hockey Podcast Network, like I said, myself and Terry are on there, as well as uh, every NHL team is represented. Um, so whatever team you're a fan of, um, they got a podcast for it. Uh, check it out. And, uh, like I said, actually, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, Isha had me on his podcast, uh, which is called the Soda Pod, which is the Minnesota Wild podcast. Now you're asking, what do I have to do with the Minnesota Wild? Uh, Nothing really, but uh, no, he just had me on there to promote the minor league mayhem tournament, uh, which I will get to in a second, um, and uh, so which was great, and uh, you know exposed it to his listeners, uh, as well as just some general talk about minor league guys and uh, and Derek Bugard and and so it, it was even a Calvin Crow reference, folks, and um, you know so check that out. Uh, I was honored that he'd have me on, and. Um, you know, hey, when the when the boss phones, you gotta gotta do it, right? <laughs> but uh, other than that, some other podcasts um, away from the network. Of course, there's Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he uh, he's actually taking a break right now. He is uh, they're in the midst of moving or getting ready to start moving. So of course, everybody out there listening has done that a few times, and everyone knows how dreadful that is. So obviously, a podcast is uh, the least of his uh, worries right now. So he um, he's taking a bit of a break but if you go back and check out his back catalog it's great he's had awesome guests on um from frank Bialos to um oh, i'm just all of a sudden I, I just planked yeah but no it's actually his last one he had the uh danbury trashers gm the aj galante uh, it was funny listening to those stories and um and, oh and like his, you know uh luke phillips mike degers um on and on he's had he's had great guests and uh i always enjoy listening to alec and uh and as well as that uh, joe over at the coliseum chronicles um who does a new york islander tough guy uh podcast and um actually what joe's doing his latest episode it's actually really cool it's called seasons and uh he basically breaks down and his first one was Ken Baumgartner's 89-90 season. It's his first year when he gets traded to the Islanders, and he just breaks it down fight by fight. And, of course, you know, this, it, it ends with the infamous brawl, with the playoff brawl with the Islanders. So uh, to hear Joe break down each fight and stuff, it was really cool. And that was a really great idea. I'm like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? I wish I had thought of that. Um, Joe, I, I, Joe, I might be stealing that from you, that idea. Uh, not doing Islanders, but uh, just uh, breaking down a, a season like that—that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, and like I said, Joe's so knowledgeable, and uh, 
you know, he, he does great stuff. And, uh, of course you got, uh, Paul Kelly and Dan over at the Obey the Puck show. Um, you know, I've, I've known them for so long and been on their show a bunch of times back in the day. And, uh, I figured Dan back on the show. I know he's a big flyer. He's a big flyer guy. I should get Paul on the show too. He's a big Bruins guy. They'd be, it'd be interesting to talk about, uh, you know, and he's seen so much hockey and stuff. Um, yeah, he'd be interested to talk. I actually never talked to Paul about that. I should. Um, but yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot show, um, which is a current hockey show, which you're like, really? But yeah, I know I don't, as I don't follow current hockey or anything, but I will listen to their show because I like those guys. They're funny. And, uh, no, got a pumping in the truck there. So when we're at work, so, but, um, no, other than that, um, you know, we could probably get on, well, I should, I'll do my ad right now. Uh, one of the sponsors of the network is, um, I always call it an ad read, instead of an ad read, I call it an ad suggestion. Um, one of the sponsors of the network is uh, coolhockey.com. And of course, especially after this draft has happened, of course, I'm sure the diehards will want to uh, <coughs> get out there and buy the jersey of the latest draft pick. Well, do I have a deal for you? Um, and I know the, the diet, you don't want the, the knockoffs. You want the real, the real jerseys and, um, uh, cool hockey has been around since 1999. They're NHLPA endorsed out of Toronto. And, um, I always use the example when I was at the mall here at Jersey city or anybody out there, go to lids or Olympian sports. Um, I know here the authentic jerseys and, and you have to pick what they have. So it's either McDavid or Crosby or Malkin or price, you know, and they wanted 300 and some dollars for them. And, um, where is it? Coolhockey.com. You can pick whatever team. They have all the teams representative, the third jersey, the stadium. They got all the different bloody jerseys that you have for each team. You get hand-sewn numbers. The fight straps are the real jerseys that the guys wear. And I, um, and like you said, you can get them customized however you want. I was a Calgary Flames third jersey with McGrath number 16, hand-sewn, $185.99, free shipping out of Toronto. How can you beat it? That's like half the price, and uh, and that's total taxes taxes in. So I mean, there you go. And like I said, you can you can get them customized. You can get a Blackhawks jersey, double zero Griswold if you want. Um, Joe, like I mentioned before, big Islander guy. Speaking of which, happy birthday, Joe! It's his birthday today. Oh, I guess you're listening to us the next day, but it, as I'm recording, it's his birthday, and. Um, I know he was, he had talked to his wife. Uh, hopefully she got him that Islander jersey he was talking about. Uh, Joe's actually, you know, he's such a big Islander fan that, and a jersey guy. He, like, literally rotates, like, a different jersey every day. Yeah, I bet you his closet looks like one of those, lo- like, the, the dry cleaners on that spinning, on that cycle that goes around and around. And uh, But he was telling me when I was, I wished him a happy birthday on Twitter here privately. We were just talking. And uh, he was, his kind of his latest Jersey project, he's going for uh, kind of one-year wonders. And uh, uh, the Jersey he was talking about today that he was going to get was uh, Vladimir uh, Chuturkin. Tr- uh, I gotta read that. Just make sure that's right. Yeah, Vladimir Chebaturkin. Like I said, that's how diehard Joe is. I mean, I don't even. I can't even pronounce that guy's name. That's how diehard Joe is. But uh, yeah. So and I, you know, and he's gonna cruise long, walk around Long Island with that jersey on, and you know, that's that's he's a he's a diehard Islander fan for sure. And uh, it's an interesting, you know, that's how good the jersey deal is. That Joe is is doing a one year wonder. Uh, Jersey line, 
to go along with this season's podcast. Tremendous. Happy birthday, Joe. Going to get you back on the show. You and I got some uh, catching up to do. But, uh, no, Joe's great. But, uh, actually, it's funny. Uh, Joe and I, uh, we go back to the message board days back when you used to trade vhs tapes joe and i did that way back when uh in fact the very first tape i got from joe was a 1998 las vegas thunder vhs tape and uh i know i i also sent him an autographed joe i shouldn't have sent that to you i want that back <laughs> uh was an autographed kevin kaminsky Kerry clark portland pirates poster i sent that to him damn it i should have kept that but that I and uh, I, I, whatever tape I don't know if I sent him a blades tape or whatever I sent him, but I know for sure that was the first tape I ever got from Joe was the '98 Thunder, and it was great too. Um, and of course, that Dean Ewan was on the team, so uh, I'm assuming that's where Joe got all game tapes from. But uh, yeah, some classic IHL. But um, yeah, the old the old tape trading days from the the message boards. No, some of the guys were so such uh, diehard tape trading guys. I remember I, I sent a guy a tape, and it was like, um, you know, hour and 32 minutes or whatever. It was my, I think it was my Blade stuff. And uh, he sent me back. It was like, whatever, best the American Hockey League. But, but I laughed. He he uh, he stopped the tape at an hour and 30. And I remember I just kind of emailed him. I said, oh, I got your tape, and I played it. I'm like, Did it? I-, I thought your tapes were two hours. It cut off. Well, you only sent me an hour and 30 minutes. It's like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> like, some guys were so, so it was like, oh, I'll make a mental note. I'm not trading with this psycho anymore. But, yes, back in the day, man, people were, uh, people were hardcore. But, uh, but that's how you had to grow your tape collection. And, uh you know, and uh, of course, all of that now is on YouTube. So uh, you can thank the folks that have all over the years uh, uploaded their fights to YouTube. Um, I know I'm doing my best to try to do that. <coughs> um, again, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Please uh, subscribe to the channel. It's about 2,200 fights I've uploaded from junior to pro, any league that you're looking for. Um, you know, I've got everything sorted, so just type in the little search engine there, whatever league or guy you're looking for, something will come up. And I try to kind of do some unique stuff, right? Like Colt Lawrence with Current, Scott Parker and Kelowna, stuff like that. And the American League as well. And, um, you know, cause, I mean, everybody's, well, Probert versus Domi, well, I mean, that's been uploaded a thousand times. So I try to do st- different stuff. I do have some NHL stuff on there too, but um, different anyway. But yeah, again, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, check it out. Um, I think I had mentioned earlier, I didn't, I've been kind of all over the place here, but, uh, um, Anisha had me on, but right now on Twitter, I'm doing a minor league mayhem Twitter tournament. So anybody out there listening, what is this guy talking about? Well, um, it's like a March Madness style, 64 man bracket. And it's just, uh, it's the fourth year that I've done it. And it's, uh, like I said, we, uh, just write down put in 64 minor league legends and and then we vote on them and uh until one's left and um yeah no it's been a lot of fun um and usually i do uh, one called the bob probert invitational which is all nhl guys and that's four years i've done it and then the minor league one and um you know you still have your same core guy in bonvi and gillies and segroy and morasti and stuff but you do try to change it up year by year you know get 20 different guys or so i mean with the minor leagues i mean you can you i mean you could have a 200 man bracket there's so many guys but nhl is a little tougher um you know in terms of trying to change things up but uh 
no, and we just have a lot of fun, and, and like I said, it gets people talking about these guys, at least for a little while, for a week or two. We could talk about Alex Gallant and Bell James and Jerry Fleming for a little while, and uh, no, it's been fun, especially when the players chime in, and um, you know they'll throw in their two cents or a story about a guy or whatever, and uh, you know it's been a lot of fun, and, and the voting's been pretty good. Uh, we're into the third day here, and uh, the first two days, uh, you know, getting three hundred votes a fight and stuff, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, Actually, I, I completely forgot about the draft. So, I mean, I think the, the voting is going to go completely get lost amongst all the NHL draft talk on Twitter in the next couple of days. If I had known that, I would have waited until next week to do the tournament. But, oh, well. Because I kind of wanted to stand alone and have people talk about these guys. And uh, But uh, hopefully people are, uh, people are voting. And... Uh, you know, and like I said, everybody's been really respectful in their comments, and uh, you know, these tournaments are always a lot of fun to do. So if you're on Twitter, um, yeah, check me out on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice, and uh, yeah, get out, vote. Like I said, we every day we do a different round, and it's a 24-hour voting process. Um, our polls are open for each fight for 24 hours, and then uh, on to the next one. So yeah, we're just finishing up the first round uh, tonight. Uh, I just I just posted the fights before I hit record on here, so um, actually some really good matchups. Um, and I get it asked all that. Oh, why would you put those two against each other? Okay, well first of all, I didn't. The computer did. Basically, what I do is take a piece of paper, write out one through 64, then fill it out with the names, and then do a computer random. You know, you hit random number generator. Oh, number 17 comes up. Okay, that's go down to the piece of paper. That's where I wrote Bonvi. Oh, number 46 came up. Oh, that's Daryl Bootland. All right, well, we got Bonvi versus Bootland in the first round. That's all. That's how I do it until you go down, until there's no, you know, until they're all paired off. So, you know, you know, and it's created some interesting matchups. I mean, what was the one? Uh, Steve McLaren versus Steve Bosse. Could you imagine that? Imagine the firepower in that fight. Oh. And then um, the one I just put up, actually, in the final round here, was, uh, or the final round, final first round, uh, Yablonski versus Bialois. I mean, come on, you know? And, um, you know, so it's uh, Val James versus Jerry Fleming, Segroy versus Gillies, um, Mel Engelstad versus Patrick Cote. Imagine that boat. Um, yeah, so it's put out some really interesting... Um, Matchups, so uh, you know, and of course with Gillies and Segroy, I mean, those are two legendary guys. And unfortunately, one of them's going home early, so um, you know that's just the way it, it comes out. But uh, so, if anybody out there wondering why I did it, that I didn't do anything. Computer spit it out that way. So, but um, yeah, guys, like I said, that the uh, uh, some of the well, before I get into the whole draft history of the draft and stuff, a um, couple of the things I wanted to touch on in terms of uh, or follow up on in the Quebec League. Um, of course, oh, they went with the change the rules, and I think actually it's like three fights instead of five. They actually reduced it from ten to three. And um, Isabel Charest there was on Twitter patting herself on the back about what a great job she did and everything else. And uh, I just tweeted at her and said, "Congratulations, you extorted a junior hockey league, you know, with taxpayer money." But that's typical politician to you know, whatever. Uh, again, I'm. I'm I mean, you know, it's not like I'm a Quebec League. I don't really give a shit, but it's more just, I guess it just irritates me when people with no hockey knowledge, like, especially politicians and stuff like that, stick their nose into places that, I'm like, I said, did anybody ask the players what they want? 
I mean, I know it's rhetorical. I know what the players want. It wasn't that, you know, but, and the GMs in the first time they voted for it didn't want it either. But of course, like I said, they get their feet held to the fire and do you want the $20 million subsidy or not? So of course, oh, well, I guess we got to agree with it, you know, and I'll just nod and whatever. But, you know, if I owned a Quebec league team, I would not be really happy right now um, that I am getting strong armed to push some politician's agenda. But uh, such as like, such as the way it goes, right? But uh, no, and then she gets on Twitter and it's all, no, look at I did. Oh, Christ. But, uh, you know, it's just gross. But whatever. Uh, it, like I said, well, and then I saw on Alex has a Facebook group. It's like the Avorcer Appreciation page. And probably anybody that's probably listening to this show is probably a member of that Facebook page. Um, and they were talking about it on there. And of course, right away, it's got to get into some left right pull oh of course that's what happens with the lib government and it's like well yeah she's actually a conservative a member of the conservative party their clown do some research you know enough with the liberal right left why does that have to get attached to every issue that we're talking about you know it's like it's not a left right issue it's just an idiot issue um but do some research before yeah here i am saying people do some research before you post something on social media yeah right that would sort of destroy the whole purpose of social media i think people put thought into their tweets forget that but um no and something else that came up speaking of the minor league mayhem tournament um i had actually posted a picture of um link gates fighting sugden in the quebec league and uh you know oh two minor league legends blah 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 well I'm not going to say the guy's name, but he's argued with me about the LNH before. And I've seen others say it as well. Um, just simply, why? I'm like, why? Well, what do you mean, why? I don't understand what you're asking. Well, it was on Twitter. And uh, why would you do that? I'm like, well, for money? I'm like, well, how old were they? I'm like, well, Link was 33 and Sugden was 24. <coughs> when this picture was taken. Well, I don't know why they would do that. I'm like, oh, so if they went to the East Coast League or did it in the American Hockey League, you have no problem with that. But somehow if it's in the Quebec League, all of a sudden it's stupid. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, outside of the NHL, they got paid the most money in the LNAH. That's why they're doing it in the LNAH. I mean, you can say whatever you want about the league. I get why people don't like the LNAH, especially back then as it was a circus and a freak show. But Link Gates was literally making $50,000, like probably $2,000 a game for four minutes work. So, okay, you tell me where you're going to get, a, uh, you know, $500 a minute pay, you know. Yeah, that's why. Stop asking stupid questions. I get it. You don't like the league. But I laugh at these guys. Well, they shit on the Quebec League and how stupid those guys were and everything else. But if, they, if both those guys were fighting at center ice in Rochester, somehow then it's okay. Because then it's, you know, it's just okay. I mean, they're doing it for the money. But, so, or else you can be, in your eyes, legitimate and go make a fraction of that in a East Coast League. Well, to me that's sort of foolish, is it not? But, uh, you know... It's just interesting how some people try to, like, justify it or shit on it. And, and like I said, I get it. You don't like the league. But, you know, understand why they're doing it. 
Um, so, no, I mean, some guys it hung on too long, or other guys were, um, you know, I mean, you have guys that, like a, a Dubay or a Swans, I don't mean it that way, like they had no business playing, but like they weren't, they didn't come up in the junior system and play pro and whatever. I mean, they were basically there just to fight. Okay, I get why people would shit on them. I guess. I'm not going to, but I mean, I get, I get it, I guess. But it's, uh, you know, whereas like a Sugden or Craig Brunel or Conrad McKay or guys like that played in the American Hockey League and played in the East Coast League and junior and stuff. So I guess they get viewed as more legitimate, but yeah, whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, it's always interesting the people's, um, take on the LNAH. I mean, I've heard it all from other, from other players that they didn't like the league and they thought it was a circus and, and, and it was, I mean, let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, you know, um, it's certain, (laughs) it had this circus to it, but, uh, (coughs) what often gets lost is, is actually how good the talent was when they decided to play You know, there was a lot of um, hometown guys from Quebec that had come back from Europe, um, you know, to to get on with life, but still play competitive hockey. So you had some really high-end, skilled French players that were at home playing. And uh, but when the boys came time to fight, it was it was uh, crank up the uh, Pantera and the hit the train horn and let's go. So yeah, crazy. But uh, no, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I, I just don't understand the uh, whatever. Like somehow it's 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 dirty if you do it there or something. I don't know. I, I just don't didn't dig the comment, the mindset of it. I guess, but uh, from that from the guy commenting. But anyway, um, yeah, about the draft. Uh, it's uh, of course the uh, draft twenty twenty is on, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, I just thought it would be interesting to kind of just. Uh, go through the, the different drafts. Um, actually, what I didn't realize, um, just kind of looking into it briefly, this today, um, when the draft started back in, like, 63, um, the, at the time, the NHL actually had sponsored junior teams. So if a player was on a junior team that was sponsored by an NHL team, of course, his rights belonged to that team. So the draft was really kind of, you know... Uh, Fixed there for the first few years, and it was in uh, um, it was it was a couple of years after that they they kind of opened it up and and basically uh, you're uh, eighteen to twenty and uh, years old to get drafted and uh, actually the first televised draft was in like nineteen eighty four I think I read so um, oh, oh and the sponsorship uh, system um, after. Uh, 1969 that that ended and then it opened up but um actually i'm going to throw a little something at you here a little little trivia for you guys and uh i'll let you think about it while i'm talking but uh out of the out of under who is the highest score all-time leading point getter for undrafted players i'll let you guys think about that i'll give you the answer at the end of the show here but uh, i'll let you think here throughout the show who who is the all-time scoring leader in the NHL, of under out of undrafted players, but um, yeah. So just kind of looking, and uh, it's interesting. Like I said, when you when you scroll through the draft, and uh, 
Um, and I said on Twitter that I would actually start in <coughs> 1983. Um, it's interesting. The first overall pick was uh, Brian Lawton. And, um, you know, I guess, eh, you know, it's tough because, I mean, after that, you had like LaFontaine and Eisenman and Cam Neely uh, went all after him. And so I could see how some people would, you know, call Lawton a bust, you know. But he played 483 games and had 266 points. So, I mean, you can get 400 some games out of a guy. It's pretty tough, but uh, I was going to say the interesting thing about the 1983 draft is uh, the St. Louis Blues uh, no-showed. And because uh, at the time they were the Blues were owned by Ralston Perina, and the company wanted to sell the team. Uh, so the company decided to just, uh, not, I don't know how they thought that would be a good idea, but they skipped the draft. Um, I didn't know that until somebody pointed that out on Twitter. I was like, wow. But... Uh, yeah, 1983, I'm just looking here in the first round. Vancouver, ninth overall. Cam Neely, Portland Winterhawks. What a player. But just uh, just in terms of toughness, I mean, even in the first round, um, you know, the Islanders took Gerald Diddick. Edmonton took Bukaboom. Um, Boston took Nevin Marquardt. Um, you know, and then you go on in the second round. And uh, there it is, infamous in the third round. 46th overall, Bob Probert. From Brantford, Alexander's. Um, I'm going to click on on Bobby here, but uh, yeah, look at that final year in junior of Sue. Um, 44 games played, 20 goals, 52 assists, 172 minutes and penalties. And then, of course, he had 17 points in uh, 15 um, playoff games. That was the year they uh, they were in the Memorial Cup. They they uh, they lost to uh, the Prince Albert Raiders in the in the final. And uh, if you go on YouTube, there's uh, uh, Probert fights uh, Bong- Ken Baumgartner twice in that in that Memorial Cup final. But uh, you know Cooper Alls and everything. But yeah, and it's funny. Actually, interesting. Right after Probert was uh, by out from LA, was Bruce Shoebottom. Um, there's a few other tough guys that went in there in the 78th overall uh, in the fourth round. Montreal took uh, John Cordick. Actually, he was a, a West with. Uh, he played in Portland with the Winterhawks. It was uh, and actually an uh, WHL All Star that year. He actually was a really solid junior player. And uh, unfortunately, we ever everybody knows the what happened after that. But eighty uh, eighth overall, uh, Detroit was uh, Joey Koser, Saskatoon Blades. Jeez, uh, Detroit was really a bulking up that draft. But, um, you know, people uh, maybe don't know, but uh, in his two seasons in, in the Western Hockey League with the Saskatoon Blades, um, and he had 23 goals his first year. And in the second year, uh, in 69 games, he had 40 goals, 41 assists, and 258 minutes of penalties. So, I mean, you know. And then his first year in the minors, uh, 47 games had deck, He had 12 goals. You know, so I mean, you know, Joey could play. He was no, just wasn't that goon. And um, but yeah, Detroit laying it down with Probert and Koser in 1983. And uh, there was one other name I wanted to. Oh well, how's this for a steal? How about Philly? Sixth round, Rick Tockett, unbelievable in the sixth round. Oh, where is he now? I thought it was. I thought it went in 1983. 
Oh, there he is. In the tenth round. Oh, Detroit again. I thought Calgary took him. But yeah, nineteen Detroit took Stu Grimson. So Matt, yeah, nineteen eighty three, they take Bob Probert, Joey Kosher, and Stu Grimson. Unbelievable. And uh but I know uh Stu obviously didn't sign and he uh he actually ended up going to the University of Manitoba and then I think he obviously he must have signed a a free agent deal um with the Calgary Flames. If I'm not, he played two years in the Manitoba at the University of Manitoba. I always laugh because the one year he had he played twelve games in Manitoba. He had twelve games, eleven points. But he had 113 minutes of penalties. It's college hockey. Even back then, you couldn't fight in it. Somebody actually said they actually had a few Stu Grimson U of M fights. I need to look those up. But um, oh yeah, he went back in the '85 draft and was taken in the seventh round by Calgary. Yeah, I thought he initially got drafted by. By Calgary, that's funny. But even in his final year in the Western Hockey League, seventy-one games, twenty-four goals, thirty-two assists, two hundred and forty-eight minutes. So I mean, you know, you're putting up now. Granted, I mean, he w- he would have got a lot of room, but uh, you know, twenty-four goals. Um, you know, no fooling around there. But uh, no, it's just kind of interesting going through um, the different drafts. Um, of course, the eighty-four. I mean, you had Shane Corson. 8th overall, Gary Roberts 12th um, the Rangers took Terry Karkner 14th, I always liked Terry Karkner um, Trevor Steenberg, Quebec 15th uh, oh, the old bird dog, Greg Smith 2nd uh, round 22nd overall um, he was a defenseman for the for the London Knights and um, again, uh, you look at his final year in junior, 46 games 54 points, 197 minutes again, that's a defenseman over a point a game and of course uh, he would go on and suspended and everything else but uh, tough guy, the old bird dog stories of him are legendary uh, speaking of Terry Ryan in his book he's got some pretty good uh, Greg Smith stories um, Toronto took Todd Gill, oh, I love Todd Gill uh, Philadelphia Jeff Chikrin uh, 37th overall Robert Dirk, St. Louis took Robert Dirk 53rd I think he's a lawyer now, but he was a big, big D-man out of Regina. Um, you know, tough guy for sure. Um, you know, Chris Washington took Chris King, 80th overall. Brent Severn went to Winnipeg, 99th overall. Of course, the uh, 85 draft is, uh, of course, famous around the Saskatoon parts with, uh, of course, Wendell Clark being taken first overall by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, the amazing thing is, um, you know, you just look up, if you, if you look at Wendell's stats, you know, I don't know if some people listening don't uh, realize or not, but in junior, Wendell was a defenseman. Isn't that crazy? But you look at his, in his final 64 games, 32 goals, 55 assists, 253 minutes, and he's a defenseman. Of course, even in his first year there, 34 goals in Toronto as an 18-year-old. Unbelievable. But uh, in that same draft, you had Dave Matson go 11th overall to Chicago. Again, really solid player with uh, the Prince Albert Raiders. Um, you know, they won the Memorial Cup that year or the year before, and um, he was a big part of it. Um, of course, went on to play 1,100. Um, actually, he played the most games out of anybody in the first round of that draft, you know, and, uh, and you know, an often overlooked because, I mean, people like to talk about his crazy streak, and I mean, he had his moments for sure, but. Uh, no, Manson was a solid player. 
Of course, 57th overall in the third round that year was a past fourth-line voice guest, uh, Max Mittendorf, um, who played for the Sudbury Wolves at the time. Um, For you uh, uh, UK listeners, uh, Mike Ware uh, was taken by Edmonton, 62nd overall that year. Um, He played for the Hamilton, the the now-defunct Hamilton Steelhawks and Cornwall Royals. But... uh, but yeah, big dude. Who else went in that draft? I will say, I, I well, yeah, Hartford, 110th overall. Shane Churla, the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, yeah, actually, and if you folks out there listening, if you go into YouTube and um, check out my channel, Fourth Line Voice at YouTube, I actually have some Shane Churla medicine hat fights up there uh, fighting Baumgartner yeah him and Baumgartner and him and Poshak have a really good one too <coughs> definitely check that out um, 1986 draft um, Ken McRae 18th overall to Quebec um, Mark LaForge 32nd overall um, it was interesting because he played for the uh, Kingston Canadians in the Ontario Hockey League and he'd actually received a lifetime ban that year and uh, actually some people that's how it was back in the 80s Somebody's, actually, a bunch of people said that actually helped his draft stock to be suspended but um, yeah he never ne- never really uh, caught on in terms of uh, a, a pro I know and he was sort of if you hear interviews with him and stuff um, you know he became kind of a minor league lifer and uh, he, he really got uh disenchanted with the role of the enforcer he hated it and uh yeah if uh well he put up a bunch of pims early on in it early on in his career probably you know you still have the dream right but i think after a few seasons and you start realizing it it's not going to happen then uh yeah i think he got really he got really well i don't think i know he got really bitter about the role and if anybody actually watches that tough guys documentary um, that follows like Mel Nichuk and Curtis Voth, and they do have uh, LaForge's on there as well. That's that's a him, and uh, he basically just says how shitty it is, and and uh, yeah, but and, you know, kind of really bitter about it. But yeah, and he's got suspended from a few leagues too. It's always, I even have an incident. It's in the Central League. Well, this guy's trying to get in the fight, and he just like just cross checks him right in the face. It's just like man, like a dude in a stick, man, unbelievable. But um, 1987, yeah, Shanahan, second overall behind Pierre, well Pierre Turgeon. I you know, can't really argue with that pick either. But uh, yeah, Turgeon and Shanahan, of course, uh, Toronto, um, Luke Richardson. Um, yeah, Quebec took Brian Fogarty. Yeah, the stories of that guy. It's it's unfortunate with his demons, and you know, and and of course, unfortunately, passed away. But with all the problems that guy had, but you talk to anybody, and they all say the same thing: the most unbelievable player they ever saw, and just couldn't uh, straighten up. But uh, yeah, the Islanders took Dean Chanel thirteenth. Look at Quebec getting Joe Sackick at fifteen. Hell of a pick. Brian Marchment went a pick took right after that at sixteen. Yeah, the 48th overall, there it is. Minnesota North Stars took Kevin Kaminsky. And, um, you know, uh, Kevin played 139 NHL games, but there's another guy, you go back and look at his Blades career. Um, 
you know, the one year he had 55 games played, he had 99 points. And like he said, uh, it'd be interesting, the point race goes, he was suspended for a lot of it, so, um, you know, and then the, the following year, 68 points, you know, and as well as putting up 300, 200 penalty minutes. So, um, yeah, killer. He was uh, at 55 overall, Dean Ewan to the Islanders. Yeah, it's uh, I love. No, oh, I, I probably just boring the shit out of everybody that's listening to this podcast. But to me, it's just so interesting just going back and and looking at these drafts. I mean, the, the '88 draft, you have Medano, Linden, Lasician, Roenick, Brindamore, Solani. Damn, that's hell of a first round. Then 19th overall, Francois Larue, the Oilers, big Francois. Was it six foot six or whatever? Rangers took Jeff M- Detroit Mallette. Pittsburgh took Mark Major. Ah, you know, there's some. I know Major played a long time in the minors and Muskegon and stuff, and with the Vipers and and a solid player, always double digits and goals and stuff. But damn, there's something about Mark Major that just bugged the shit out of me. But big guy had skills, but damn, I was not a Mark Major fan. I was surprised he only played two NHL games though. But of course, enough. Tidomi drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, 27th overall. And, uh, of course, uh, here in Saskatoon, we got our first taste of Ty Domi in the Memorial Cup when he was playing for Peterborough. And he and uh, Kevin Kaminsky ended up dropping the gloves in the corner in the Memorial Cup. And, of course, that was a famous fight. And uh, I I, I hate to keep pumping up my YouTube channel, but that fight is on my YouTube channel. Uh, Just type in Ty Domi, Kevin Kaminsky. Um, But, yeah, again, uh, 22 goals in one year, 14 the next. Um, and he had 10 goals in the 17 uh, OHL playoff games. So, again, even in his first year with Newmarket, 57 games, 14 goals in, like, 285 minutes. So it wasn't like, um, you know, he, he he wasn't completely clueless out there, that's for sure. Of course, like I, I mentioned with uh, Link Gates, um, of course, it was on Twitter. I was just I just tweeted about it. But Link Gates went 40th overall to Minnesota, and of course, uh, you know, with the foreshadowing. Um, or I did mention it before we were going with the sh- with the two black eyes. But uh, one of the famous quotes was from Lou Nanny, the uh, GM of the Minnesota North Stars. Looking back on it, he said, uh, "In the first round, we drafted Mike Medano to protect the franchise." In the second round, we drafted Link Gates to protect Mike, and in the third round, we should have drafted a lawyer to protect Link. But uh, yeah, that uh, and unfortunately, I mean, the stories of, of Link are—I don't, you know—I could, I could, you could make a six-part podcast talking about all that stuff. But uh, you know, unfortunately, he got into the car accident that ended his NHL career. But uh, yeah. But, but a man, it was it was a hell of a ride with him for his brief time in the NHL for sure. Um, another guy that was in the league, um, for 900 NHL games, collected 3,200 penalty minutes was uh, Rob Ray, who was taken 97th overall by Buffalo out of Cornwall. And uh, what a career! And uh, that, that always bugs me that that right at the end he uh, he went to Ottawa for those last little that last season that he should have retired a Saber, but. Uh, yeah, in the 89 drafts, you get Sadine first overall. A pretty pretty solid pick, I would say. <coughs> it's interesting, the third overall pick by Toronto was um, Scott Thornton. And um, I was a huge Scott Thornton fan. And uh, he went on to play 900 games. I mean, 
you know, uh, but you know, big guy, solid, uh, yeah, that one year in San Jose, 26 goals, and yeah, never, I guess he just played the one year in Toronto, 33 games, then he got traded to Edmonton, and kind of, well, that's kind of where he got his, his footing, but yeah, Toronto kind of gave up on him pretty quick, but uh, yeah, solid NHL career. As your Toronto also took Rob Pearson in that first round. Man, two first rounders. And now it could I was I was always a big Rob Pearson fan. It was unbelievable that year in Oshawa. The year they won the Memorial Cup. Um you know, of course Pearson, you know, obviously he, that was the year he was playing with Lindros and I mean he had the inflated stats for sure, but I mean you still gotta put it in, right? But look at that, forty one games. He had fifty seven goals, fifty two assists, hundred and nine points. 76 minutes of penalties in the playoffs, 16 games, 16 goals, 17 assists. Man, that's production, boy. But yeah, even in Toronto, though, the one year he had, you know, 14 goals his rookie year, then 23, then 12. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, you know, I was always a big Pearson fan. Like I said, he wouldn't take any shit either. You know, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd step it up and drop the gloves. And yeah, I was, I was a Pearson fan. But uh, one of the names in here is really interesting that Boston took 17th overall was this Shane Stevenson. And, uh, you know, he only he played, only played the 27 games in the NHL. But I know he, the one year in Maine, 58 games, 22 goals. And I've always heard, like, the story, I guess the guy just, you know, lived hard. But, uh, but uh, just unbelievable talent. And they said unbelievably tough. Didn't fight very often, but when he did, would just could just pound guys. And uh, it was interesting. I actually have a few of his. There's not many. I don't have many, but uh, I had a couple of his fights up. But uh, yeah, I've, and it's been more than one guy that's said like, "Oh yeah, Shane Stevenson, unbelievable." Actually, another guy that went in that first round to the Rangers um, was a guy named Stephen Rice. He had to be the captain of the World Junior Team that year, so that was my exposure to him. And uh, I was a huge Stephen Rice fan after watching him in the World Juniors, but. Uh, yeah, physical guy. Um, played 329 NHL games. You know, he had some success in the American League, but I uh, go actually in the NHL. I'm looking. He had 21 goals, season 17. Yeah, so you know he was you know decent. But uh, yeah, when he was with the World Junior Team, man, he was just hammered, dudes. And because uh, we're just like, who is this guy? But yeah, I was a big fan. But in the second round that year. Um, Pittsburgh took Paul Laws, 37th overall. I'm a huge Laws fan. Then 39th was L.A. was uh, Brent Thompson. I was a big Brent Thompson fan. And then right after him was his teammate in Medicine Hat, Jason Prasovsky, who went to the Rangers. Prasovsky's such a big guy. I've talked to him briefly on um, on Twitter here. I'd like to get him on the podcast. Um, he's a pretty interesting dude. I'd like to talk to him about that. Um, the Rangers also took 49th overall. They took Louis DeBrusque. Um, you know, played 400 NHL games and was really the OHL kingpin um, that final year that he got picked. And 31 goals that year, too, in 60 games. So, I mean, again, you know, he had some skills. Uh, Jim Cummins, 67th overall by the Rangers. Actually, they picked him out of uh, Michigan State, of all things. Jim Cummins playing in Michigan State. And then uh, all typical flyer pick, 72nd overall, Reed Simpson. And then right after that, uh, Jim McKenzie, 
um, Hartford. Yeah, guys, I won't. Uh, I keep boring here. I mean, I could, I could go all all, all night just scrolling through these uh, through the different um, different draft years. But uh, it's interesting. Of course, the following year, um, just to throw this last one out. But uh, of course, the nineteen ninety draft. You know, and that was the famous Owen Nolan, Nedved, Primo, Ricci, Yager, um, Sador, Daring Hatcher, Turner Stevenson. Uh, Keith the Choke, Martin Brodeur all went in the first round. But some other notables um, out of the Seattle Thunderbirds was Turner Stevenson, Montreal's pick, 12th overall. Um, Brad May, Buffalo's 14th overall pick. We were so pumped that they took May. I, I love Brad May. Um, interesting again for you UK fans, Scott Allison, Edmonton's overall um, 17th overall pick. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in its f- final year there, uh, 37 goals and Moose Jaw, 238 minutes. Um, you know, big guy. Uh, put up some okay numbers in the American League. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember who I talked to about that. Was it Frank Kovacs? Maybe it was Staniforth. I can't remember who I was talking to about that. But they said it always just seemed like Allison seemed to, he was kind of one of those tweeners. And I think he was stuck with, he didn't really quite know what they wanted from him. Whether kind of to score more or to be more physical or, you know, and I think he kind of got stuck in limbo. But uh, talented guy in the Western Hockey League, though. And then, of course, Vancouver took Sean Antosky, 18th overall. And that's the thing, I've, we've talked about this on Twitter a few times, and people kind of laugh. And, oh, what a bust of a pick, and blah, blah, blah. Why would you take him in the first round? You know, everyone's a genius with hindsight, right? The thing is, back then, especially in the late 80s, 90s, everyone was looking for Probert. You know, that big guy that would fight and could score. And you look at Antosky, 59 games, 25 goals, 31 assists, 200 minutes in his final year in North Bay. And it's 6'4", 235. I mean, but fight, and you're looking at that, thinking, oh, man. You know, and then the next year they put him in the IHL in Milwaukee, 62 games, plays 17, scores 17 goals, 330 minutes. Like, you're, you know, you're all right. We got something. Then they sent, they kept him in the eye the next year. Again, 17 goals. You know, so, you know, dudes put up 34 goals in two seasons, and almost 700 minutes of penalties. Like, you're thinking we got something here. And, uh, you know, it didn't really pan out at the NHL. I mean, he played 183 NHL games, and, um, you know, with Vancouver and Philly and, and Anaheim, but, um, you know, I guess it could be argued that uh, it didn't work out, but I don't know. At the time, if people are wondering, oh, who's phoning us? But just the father-in-law. Yep. He was thinking. You know. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it, uh, I always like looking back at the old drafts and stuff, and, uh, you know, someday we'll be looking back at the 2020 draft. I don't think we'll be trying to find the next Sean Antosky, the 2020 draft, but, uh, oh, in that same draft, 25th overall, Philadelphia, Chris Simon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, some lots of toughness has been taken over the years early on. And uh, like I had posted up uh, on Twitter just before I got going, Scott Parker, 21st overall to Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think that was the year that Colorado had like four first, how do you get four first round picks? And uh, it turned out to be pretty good picks too. Tongay, Rogier, Parker. I want to say Martin Skula, I believe. 
I'm just talking a lot. I've shut hockey DB off, so I don't know. But I know they forward like serviceable NHL dudes for sure. And um, you know, and Parker was just such a beast in Kelowna. And man, thirty goals and the footage of him—it's just just destroying guys. It's unbelievable. But um, yeah, so that's you know kind of a look back at the NHL drafts. Um, I just kind of wanted to highlight the uh, the that '83 draft Detroit taken Grimson and Probert and Koser. I mean, unbelievable murders row. Imagine if they had kept all three of them. Well, I kept two of them. Imagine if they had kept Stu as well. Oof, you know. But uh, yeah, crazy the NHL draft. Like I said, I always love. I always love looking back. You know what? I really wish I had. Um, I have. I have some from the '90s, but I really wish it had like old. Uh, like draft previews and stuff. I'd love to go back and read like the old write-ups and stuff on the guys. And uh, no, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, guys. That's uh, sorry to to just kind of do the rambling episode. Um, but um, I hope I hope people are uh, you know staying tuned and listening. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you shut it off. But uh, no, like I said, it was just sort of a strange situation uh, this last. This last uh, two weeks has been a real battle, just with the sickness and everything. And uh, and like I said, I really thought I'd have that player interview done, and that's what I'd be playing for you right now. But uh, that'll have to be next week, I'm hoping. Uh, get him on the phone, and uh, you know, of course, we'll uh, you know this Sunday will be another vault episode. Not sure which one it'll be. I'm actually running out of episodes. I've almost got them all up now. So I don't know. We'll see what happens after that, but. Uh, uh, we'll always be here on Wednesday with the, with the new episodes. So, um, so hopefully, uh, my coughing and sneezing and hacking and everything, uh, wasn't too distracting in this episode and, uh, I managed to get 50 minutes of, of rambling. Um, the last thing I'll say before we, before I sign off, um, <coughs> I was just on, I always, it always seems to go back to Twitter or whatever, but it's just in general. Could we? It, it's just like the death of professionalism. Like I, I read on Twitter, and you have these journalists that just say the stupidest shit, and they engage with people and whatever. And it's just like I don't know. And it's like you wonder why you don't get taken seriously. Like, and I'm not saying this because she's female. Because everybody who's listened to my show, you know, I've gone after Myrtle and Campbell and Damian Cox and steve simmons and on and on so this isn't a male female thing i just this is just a you suck thing but that sarah was it siv shiv sive whatever her name is i don't she writes for the carolina hurricanes and she's a for the athletic so strike one right but i'm just reading her it comes whoever i gotta pay attention to who's retweeting her bullshit i don't know why her stuff keeps coming across my timeline but First of all, isn't it hilarious? Carolina takes sixty nine, and then some guy was tweet was saying something to her, and then she's going on about oh oh you have a small you have small dick energy, small penis energy, and it says something else. She's like crude shit and whatever. I mean, somebody oh Twitter who gives a shit? Well, that's not the point. Point is, is you have journalist for the Athletic in your bio, and it's like. Go read Bob McKenzie's Twitter feed. Do you think he's talking about chick tits and everything? Like, no. Because he's a professional. But yet, these new age clowns. But I guess when you when you have politicians that name call like five-year-olds and 
I, I, it's just accepted bullshit now, I guess. I don't know. But it's just, like I said the other day to somebody, is there just no professionalism anywhere? You know, and I'm like, because I'm like, I can't go put my name out there and, hmm, government of Saskatchewan, you know, city of Saskatchewan, government of Saskatchewan, blah, blah, blah. And, and fuck this and dicks and 69 and check out the tits and, you know, no, I'd be fired two days. But these idiots just, whatever. And, and then somebody got, somebody called her on her bullshit and then right away it's, Oh yeah, no, that classic hockey culture and toxic masculinity, and you just don't like it because I'm a woman and I know more. Okay, well, first of all, you don't. You're fucking terrible. That's why you've been fired about four fucking times. But no, you're just an unprofessional douchebag, you know. And like again, James Myrtle's an unprofessional douchebag, an ignorant asshole. So is Cox and the rest of them. I don't give a shit if you're male or female. I'm just saying you suck. But it's just again. And if you want to say, oh, I think this guy's better than that, I don't give a shit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about your, just your general bullshit tweets. I'm like, ah, it's, uh, whatever. What an ending to a podcast. I'm talking about some dipshit Carolina hurricane writer. But I had mentioned something about the storm surge. And, of course, she had to chime in on Twitter at me. And, of course, she has to tweet out to everybody, look at this guy's tweet. Imagine being this miserable in life. Okay, well, I'm not miserable at all. Just because I said the storm surge sucked, you know, and it's ridiculous. Do you know who else thinks it's ridiculous? 31 other NHL teams apparently do, because no one else does it. Um, but somehow I think it's goofy, and of course the cloud, okay, boomer, and every other fucking canned response that comes with it, but no, oh, it's just food. whatever. But yeah, so that was her little, so her and I kind of went back and forth on Twitter, and I laughed for all her 50,000 followers. She wasn't getting too many uh, likes. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm on the right side of this argument. But anyway, let's just put, let's put a bullet in this episode already and just end it. We'll end it before the hour mark here, folks. Sorry to ramble on and on. I think I'm probably a little loopy from the Buckleys and the NyQuil. But, um, yeah, guys, that will put an end to this. Um, Again, follow me on Twitter at Fourth Line Voice. Check out Fourth Line Voice at YouTube. Um, get out and vote on the Minor League Mayhem tournament. And uh, other than that, that uh, will shut her down. Hopefully, I'm uh, I can beat this and get over this stupid cough, and uh, I can bring you a player interview next Wednesday. But uh, until then, we'll sign off. All right, guys, have a good rest of the week, and stay safe out there. All right. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?